0: In a weird, like almost like room, like I'm locked in solitary inside the Wizards arena. Yeah, you're in a us.
1: straight jacket right now, yeah. Fred Katz.
0: <laughs> I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for the Athletic, and I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, the podcast you're listening to right now. I'm here with Gina who covers the Suns for the Athletic as well.
1: We're coworkers now, Fred.
0: We are. We're That's teammates.
1: Exciting. <laughs>
0: we're teammates, and we just watched like the best Wizards game of the year. Un- unbelievable game
1: Yeah, triple overtime, first triple overtime Game in the NBA this season For the Suns, their first Triple overtime game since 2011 So I don't know how many games that is But that's a lot, and just a lot Of weird, crazy Stuff happened tonight, and then both Teams, oh by the way, have to play a back-to-back Tomorrow, so we'll see how People's legs hold up, but yeah Crazy, crazy game tonight In, in D.C., a lot of fun to watch
0: Unreal. So this game ended at around 10:15 p.m. Eastern time, uh, about 18 hours and 45 minutes before the Wizards tip off in Indianapolis on Sunday mm-hmm. at late afternoon, which is just wild. So the Wizards won 149 to 146. Bradley Beal first career triple double. He was awesome tonight. 17 of 33 from the field. He had 40 points, 15 assists, 11 boards. He played 54 minutes. <laughs> Trevor Ariza played 54 minutes. Jeff Green played 49 minutes. T.J. Warren played 53 minutes. Devin Booker played 55 minutes. Mm -hmm. Sadoransky played 48. Uh, This is crazy. And uh, the line of the night, the first guy we're going to talk about, the historic, literally, I say that with no sense of irony at all, the historic performance from Thomas Bryant, who was waived by the Lakers, not... Five months ago, Mm -hmm. had 31 points, 13 rebounds, which is obviously a great game, but here's the historic part. Not only three for three from the free throw line, he was 14 for 14 from the field. Do you know this stat? Can you name all the players in NBA history who have made more field goals than him? Uh, without missing a shot.
1: I only know this because I overheard it in the locker room, but it's uh, Will Chamberlain.
0: The only player.
1: He's pretty good the last time that I checked, so that's unreal. (laughs) So some other
0: guys in NBA history have gone 14 for 14. Gary Payton did it.
1: Also pretty good.
0: Yeah, and a couple others have done 14 for 14. 14 for 14 is the franchise record for the Wizards, Uh, and not just Wizards, like any, the entire Wizards franchise. Wilt had a game where he went 16 for 16. He had a game where he went 18 for 18. Wilt had a game where he went 18 for 18. He had 40 points, 30-something rebounds, and, and, and 10
1: assists. <laughs> that's, uh, you're talking about Brad Beale's triple-double, which obviously he was fantastic tonight, but that's like... Yeah. <laughs> Nobody – 30 rebounds? I can't even think of the last time that somebody had 30 rebounds yeah. in Dwight, a game. Dwight, Dwight last eight, year, That's right. Dwight okay. had a 30-30 yeah. game last year. But day. he did – I guarantee was not perfect from the field.
0: And did not have 10 assists. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> probably did not go perfect from the free throw line either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> man, so this – this was amazing. Uh, Thomas Bryant – and he did it in 36 minutes. Like, this was – Like, yeah, it was a factor of triple overtime because he played all three overtime periods. But it's not like he played in a normal number of minutes and thus he got the field goal. Like, he was 14 for 14. And these were all around the rim. Normally, Thomas Bryant will stretch. He's made some threes. He's taken a bunch of threes. No threes. These were all pick and roll at DeAndre Ayton. Mm -hmm. DeAndre Ayton being like, oh, where do I go? Mm-hmm. And Bryant finishing. The last one that capped it at 14 for 14 was after Ayton fouled out and was a crazy dunk by him. Yes. Uh, but for the most part, it was just pick and rolls at Ayton. Why was that so successful?
1: It's been successful quite a bit against DeAndre Ayton so far this season. And you hate to pick on his weakness as a rookie, as the number one overall pick, because he was also really good tonight offensively with 26 points 17 rebounds nine of those offensive rebounds um, and you know like you said fouled out in that uh, in that first overtime right i believe actually it was second overtime but he has not been good defensively this this season and it, sometimes you wonder how much of it is individually as far as what he is supposed to do sometimes you wonder how much of it is how he's supposed to be communicating with the rest of his teammates um you or Kakashkov, the suns head coach calls Aiden, they like he's like we have to He has to be our defensive coordinator, and so he's obviously very responsible of of calling things out and and the the coverages and all of that type of stuff, and so a lot of times he looks lost, um, and guys are able to get by him or around him, and and sometimes you wonder if, if that was his fault as far as that's where he was supposed to be or if... Somebody else didn't know where they were supposed to be, but yeah, it, this, uh, this might be the most obscure human, no offense to Thomas Bryant, to take advantage of DeAndre Ayton, because it's been, it's been guys you know at other points this season, but yeah, 14 for 14 is, is pretty darn good, and Ayton's been pretty transparent about his learning experiences so far this season. Oddly enough, this was the first game he did not speak after that I can remember this year. But I'll be curious to ask him tomorrow um, in Brooklyn when the Suns play that just you know what he learned from from going through that because obviously, like I said, great on one, on one end of the floor and a little lost at times on the other end of the floor.
0: Yeah, and, and Thomas Bryant is his teammates were like genuinely excited for him. Thomas yeah. Bryant is because Thomas Bryant has like. All of these boyish, like childish tendencies. Mm-hmm. He um, he dances in the locker room before every game. He puts his headphones in mm-hmm. and he dances, mm-hmm. and he just stands at his locker, just ridiculously dancing by himself, like he is like a little child just heard music for the first time.
1: Right.
0: And you you look at it and it's like it's like funny. He's like he's like a goofball, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And everybody thinks he's funny. And you look at it and it's like, well, he's twenty one. Uh huh. Kid's twenty one years old, um, and it's 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 funny. He, he there was a time where like he was not getting an opportunity right. at all. Right. And on the court, he kind of looked like a kid. And and to me, the because a lot of these are layups and finishes and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And he did a good job screen setting. Mm-hmm. Did a good job rolling. Some of the stuff that won't get praised for tonight was on a couple of the late game plays, which didn't always work out. I shouldn't say late game, but like late in the quarter or late Mm -hmm. in the overtime period, that kind of stuff. He laid some really good screens. Mm -hmm. He laid one screen that just leveled Kelly Oubre in the middle (laughs) of, I think it was the second overtime. Uh, But there are a couple things like there are times where Aiton is rolling and like they ran the Suns on a late, a late game possession, ran a couple of pick and rolls. Mm -hmm. They go to Mm Aiton and Bryant stuck with Aiton. Yeah. And he had messed up a lot of pick and roll communication. Because he's 21. Right. And he's barely played. Right. And he sticks with Aiton. And he's pointing and he's calling out mm-hmm. stuff. And he sticks with Aiton. And Aiton, I think, is really talented. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be really good. And then the pick and roll doesn't work because Brian kind of stymies it. The passer to Aiton isn't there. So the Suns pull it back out. They run another pick and roll with Aiton. Mm-hmm. This time, Brian traps Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And he call, you can see him calling over to Jeff Green. Jeff Green digs down. Mm-hmm from the weak side, and Jeff Green comes over to Aiton. Aiton gets the ball, tries a little spin move, there's a travel. It was good defense by Jeff Green. there was good communication. It was timely. Uh, those sorts of plays, though. And it's not like a great play by Thomas Bryant. Mm-hmm. But you can see the progression. Right. Like, he couldn't do that. Yeah. If you ran two pick and rolls at Thomas Bryant a month and a half ago... There was a decent chance, and you got two good players running it. There's a decent chance he's gonna mess that up, and and he didn't. So like the evolution of Thomas Bryant's game is there. Like he's becoming an M- or like a real NBA player, mm-hmm. which like you know amidst whatever the hell this is kind of season <laughs> this has been for the Wizards. Like okay, nice bright spot.
1: Yeah, well, and I think too, and maybe this is getting in the weeds of what we do for our job, but I think anybody listening to this podcast also follows the Wizards very closely. But as fun as it is to watch Bradley Beal go off for a crazy triple-double or to, you know, see on another night John Wall do something crazy or, you know, for Suns fans to watch Devin Booker go off or or something, it's it's equally fun, I think, for us to watch – watch what you're talking about as far as like the genuine progression uh, of the season and watching guys come into their own and figure things out. And, and I mean, there are, there are examples of stuff with players on this Phoenix team that, yeah, I, I could say they would not have been able to do perhaps even a week ago. Like, I don't think the Suns would have been in this game, period, a week ago. But, uh, you know, they had lost 10 in a row. Finally got over the hump against Dallas um, about a week and a half ago amidst all the crazy stuff about relocation and the arena funding. I don't know how many people out here have been following that, but it's sort of... That woman
0: Greta? <laughs>
1: exactly. So amongst all of that, amongst the botch trade which we can talk about, perhaps, but amongst all of that, then this team finally figures out how to win four games in a row, and like I said, a a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I don't think there's any chance the Suns team would have been in this game, or if they would have blown that late lead in regulation, they probably would have gotten blasted in overtime or something like that, so, no, when you talk about Thomas Bright individually, when you talk about a team, uh, the, like, incremental improvements, that's, um, that I, like, for me as a reporter, that's fun to watch. So um, I'm, I'm sure for you to sort of watch what Bryant has done has been um, interesting to sort of chronicle that journey because that is our job.
0: Yeah. So, like, as a reporter, you don't have rooting interests. No. But I'll admit, because, like, it's stupid for me to deny this and pretend, like, I don't have human tendencies. <laughs> sure. Um, You're not a
1: robot? What? <laughs> the, rooting,
0: the rooting tendency is not there. Like, that's just gone. But... Uh, I will admit, it's more fun to cover positive things mm-hmm. than it is to cover crappy ones. Mm-hmm. People are like, when all the drama happens, people are like, well, it must be nice to cover the drama. And it's like, yeah, it's like interesting, but it's stressful and negative energy is not fun for anybody. Like, sure. It's not fun to be around negative energy. Right. You know, and like, it's, it's just from a human side. Mm-hmm. Nice to see someone like that mm-hmm. work up. And, and, and get better mm-hmm. and have, like, an actual thing to show for it. Um, Jeff Green, by the way, I bring this up on every podcast now, because yeah. Jeff Green is just a target yeah. for every NBA person to be like, that guy never lived <laughs> up to what <laughs> he should have been. Jeff Green, again, I'm just going to call this segment Jeff Green is Actually Good, because Jeff Green has been so good for the Wizards. Yeah. And Jeff Green tonight, 20 points, Eight shots, 10 for 10 from the line, huge free throws, two free throws to send him to overtime.
1: Yeah, and that huge three too, right? I can't remember what, he hit some three that I was like, well, if if he doesn't hit that shot, then the Wizards probably, I think, Mm lose in regulation.
0: Yep, free throws to ice it, free throws to send him to overtime, a three to tie it with like under a minute left in regulation, I think that was what it was. Like, Jeff Green, Mm -hmm. two for four from three, he's like over 50 from the field, he's Mm -hmm. almost 40 from three. I got a Jeff Green thing coming out on Monday. Oh, I've been workshopping now? this thing, <laughs> man. I—I I, or maybe it's on Tuesday, whenever Christmas is. Okay. Like.
1: Oh yeah, yes, that's your blitz. That's, that's your blitz story. Blitz.
0: Yeah, like Jeff Green, man, he's been good. hmm Jeff Green can get crap for things he did in the past, and mm-hmm. like, deservingly so. But Jeff Green has been a really, really good signing for them. Well, we got to talk about Brad. Because mm-hmm. as fun as the storyline was with Thomas Bryant, Bradley Beal was the best player on the floor tonight. Mm-hmm. And interesting uh, going up against Devin Booker, who mm-hmm. is really his peer in terms of, I feel like people think of them as about on the same level.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, Beal, at least tonight, played like the better player. First grade triple-double. Mm-hmm. A lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. But he was handling the ball. A lot with John Wall out. John Wall was out sick, by the way. Otto yeah. Porter didn't play again.
1: But again, eight turnovers in fifty-four minutes. <laughs> you know, so I, I mean, just like the the you know the quote-unquote positive numbers are skewed. So is the negative one. I mean, you, you wouldn't have turned the ball eight over, or turned the ball over eight times in sure. a normal you know 40 minute
0: game. Right? He plays thirty-six minutes, and that prorates to like five turnovers. Exactly. Which, Which is, is not
1: great, but it's not.
0: It's acceptable. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is that is very fair. Uh, Deal was so good tonight. He was—I thought he played pretty well defensively, mm-hmm. and he's been good defensively lately. And the interesting thing with him for me lately is he had six offensive rebounds tonight. Yeah. And his rebounding has just inexplicably jumped, and I know that's something that Scott Brooks has talked about with him a lot. Brooks has wanted him to be a better rebounder and said he should be a better rebounder than he's been in his career. Mm-hmm. And tonight, he's got 11 boards. It helps him do his first triple-double. He's a much better passer and pick-and-roll guy than he was two years ago. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. Better ball handler. And it just it just all showed tonight. He was great coming around screens. He was mm-hmm. playing with energy even in the third overtime. He was awesome tonight, I thought.
1: Yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, him being kind of a peer with Devin Booker and talking with him in the locker room for the Suns after after that game as he characterized his play down the stretches. He used the word poor. Um he missed a free throw that would have sealed the game in regulation. Um, obviously missed a couple of shots at, at some points being guarded by his old teammate, Trevor Ariza. So uh, there was a point where Igor Kokoshkov just got him out of the game to try to give him you know, three minutes of rest between a defensive possession and a timeout and some free throws and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, again, his line, 33 points. A career-high 14 assists um, and four rebounds, uh, 12 of 28 from the floor, two of 12 from three, seven of eight from the free-throw line, and that one miss was obviously key. So, no, in, in a battle of pretty awesome two guards that handled the ball a lot, and like you said, um, yeah, bo- both were showed why they're in that category, but Beale was definitely came out on top as far as that individual matchup.
0: So, like, I forget what game this was, a few games ago, it was a home game. Mm-hmm. Thomas Sadaransky played 46 minutes. And he was sitting in his locker after the game. He was clearly exhausted. <laughs> and a uh, wizard staffer came up to him and, like, dapped him up. Mm-hmm. And went and said something along the lines, of, like, 46 minutes. And then joked to him, he used to take you nine games to get to that.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> and, like, Sato laughed very hard at that. And tonight he played 48. Mm-hmm. So he's getting minutes. Walls I don't out. Building
1: his stamina up. Building yeah. his stamina.
0: You think either of these teams have a chance to win tomorrow? Suns play at six on Sunday, and uh, and the Pacers play, or the uh, and the Wizards play the Pacers at five.
1: I, I would put both of these or chalk both of these up as schedule losses tomorrow. So I, I asked Igor just what he plans to do, and obviously, you know, the, the guys that play a ton of minutes, they talk about. You know Kelly Oubre said, "Oh, I'm I'm only 23, I'm young, I'll figure it out." I'll, and Devin Booker's like, "I'll get some sleep, this and that." But um, we could see some Ryan Anderson tomorrow for the Suns. We could see some Dragon Bender, maybe some Troy Daniels, uh, George King and Kobo, two of their rookies that just came back from the G League Showcase. Like even those guys have had a long day. They didn't play tonight, but they were playing in the G League Showcase. Got on a red eye. Got to DC at like 7:30 this morning, and then we're at shoot-around a couple hours later. <laughs> so uh, everyone's tired, I think, except for you know maybe someone like Orion Ryan Anderson. But um, yeah, I mean again, you, you look at who didn't play for the Wizards tonight: uh, Troy Brownie and Mah- Mahimi uh John, you know, we'll see if John Wall is available to go. Is he going on the trip, as far as you
0: know? I actually have no idea.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't no. know if he's going. I, I would guess he's going to go, because he was at the game tonight. Yeah. He was in the locker room, right. so it's, it's not like they're. It's not like he's so sick they're worried about him, uh, yeah. you know, being contagious or he's anything like that. Anybody else. Yeah. yeah, So he was here, uh, so I imagine he's not contagious. So
1: he can go. That obviously is a huge boost to this, that team, but yeah. Um, yeah, at this point I would be stunned if the Suns won tomorrow in Brooklyn, which yeah. again is kind of a bummer because uh, for the you know they were on this four-game winning streak, which hadn't been on a four-game winning streak in like three years basically. And then you lose a heartbreaker tonight in triple overtime, a game that you you know you played well enough to win or, or had chances to win, and then now you're probably going to get two losses out of it because of just the circumstances of tonight. So that's just NBA scheduling sometimes, but that's the way it goes.
0: Here's my hot take. Okay. The. Uh Wizards play in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. They got two off days. They're coming home during the off days, and then they go. Their next game after that is in Detroit on the 26th. Oh, wow. So The
1: songs have a similar thing. They play in Orlando, but because of how long that flight is, they're going to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas Day in Orlando. So it's interesting to see how different teams do it, you know, do different approaches. Right, if they were on the other side of the country. Yeah, 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 for sure.
0: So here's my hot take. I'm just going to throw it out there. Smoking hot take. Because there are no repercussions, so I don't I don't care.
1: Twitter, Twitter mob is going to get you if you're wrong here. Trevor
0: Ariza played 54 minutes and is 33 years old.
1: hmm
0: Jeff Green played 49 minutes and is 30-some-odd years old. hmm Just leave them at home.
1: Yeah. Don't take
0: them on the road. Right. Just tell them, stay in D.C. Right. you are not playing tomorrow. Right. And then just play Troy Brown.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Pacers are really good. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about how it's a schedule loss. Yeah. Even if it were the Wizards had 19 days off leading into this. Right. The Pacers are a better team than them, and it's in Indiana. Right. Pacers are favored to win that game anyway. Right. And they, the Wizards just lost in Indiana anyway. hmm Leave those dudes at home. Just yeah. give them the rest. Yeah. Just give them the rest. like, why exhaust those guys more in a game you're probably going to lose anyway.
1: Igor kind of did that with Ariza, um, I guess now, a week and a half ago. They had played an overtime game against the Clippers and had lost the next day, flew to San Antonio for the second night of a back-to-back, and Ariza was there, and he dressed, but he did not play. So, it wouldn't be the first time he's had something like that happen to him within the last couple of weeks, and that was interesting because then everybody was like, you know, all the trade speculation started, you know, coming out, and then... Uh, the the Suns played one more game that he did play, and then that then was Saturday when all the hell broke loose. So, um, but yeah, so that wouldn't be the first time this month that Trevor Reese has been sat down after playing an overtime game and being a thirty three year old. Human who has a lot of
0: miles on him at this point in his career. Yeah, uh, want to talk Ubre real quick?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Kelly
0: Ubre and his grand return to mm-hmm. Phoenix, one week in the making, kissing, <laughs> kissing. I, you can. This
1: is a visual medium. <laughs> yeah,
0: blowing kisses to the fans after every single bucket. He went six for four. He played pretty well. He played a. He had some tremendous defensive possessions mm-hmm. late in the game. Uh, six for fourteen. Three for eight from three, five for six in the line. He had 20 points in 42 minutes, five boards, and you know, at, at the end of the game, he forced that, almost forced that turnover yeah, on Brad mention. And so, so he's Bill squares him up one on one, and he kind of gets in front of him. They both fall down. Ball goes out. They originally called off Washington. Scott Brooks looked like he was going to have a nervous breakdown <laughs> if they didn't go back and review it. Yeah. I don't understand why referees won't just review stuff. By the way, they right. review so many ridiculous things forever, and it's like they were wrong on that. They yeah. ended up reversing it. Yeah. Uh, he gets credit for that. But what Ubra did really well mm. in this game was he was really good chasing. Like even on that play, mm-hmm. great chasing Bill off a stagger screen. Mm-hmm. Like he was sticking with him. It's really hard for a guy as long mm-hmm. uh, as Oubre to actually chase guys around screens because he's just a bigger target. There's right. more of him to screen. Right. And he was really slithery for a lot of this game. He was. He was. And like especially for like a dude who doesn't know the defense at yeah. all. Yeah. He doesn't know his teammates. Like he's still learning that. He was good. I don't know why he was blowing kisses to the fans every time. Like, he got a standing ovation.
1: Right, right. No, I mean, he did that, obviously, in Boston a couple nights ago, which there's no love lost between him and Celtics fans, obviously. Uh, but, no, it was interesting to see him do that tonight to, to fans that he appreciates and was pretty genuine as far as, you know, saying it was all love. And, and he he's, you know, he... It was happy with his time in Washington and we'll always remember it fondly and all of that stuff. But no, he's been, he's been very good. I think his uh, first two games with the Suns for all the reasons you just mentioned, I mean, he's been th- those types of hustle plays, just the energy he's bringing. I think he fits in with this younger group. Obviously he's kind of got a quirky, interesting personality, but I think that fits with, with this team. So I'm curious to see how he just continues to develop as he gets more practices, more game experience, kind of learns people's tendencies, but yeah, that play against Beal where he just, you know, it was it was one-on-one, mano-a-mano type situation, and he was fired up after he thought he had, you know, forced the turnover, but even so, it was like, that was just fun to watch those two go at it, and he said after the game, like, oh, I didn't realize how hard he was to guard and all this stuff, so um, yeah, that, it's been sort of interesting to see how he fits in with this team, and and obviously had a had a big you know not chip on his shoulder but was fired up for tonight for sure and I I think that showed in the way that he played.
0: I think you could say he had a chip on his shoulder. Yeah,
1: well, and and I mean again they've already thrown him into that closing lineup and so obviously Igor wants to see what he can do in those big situations and he hit he hit basically the shot that sealed the game against Boston a couple nights ago and then again tonight he didn't do anything to to lose this team the game so I think uh, like I said it'll be really interesting to see how his role kind of carves out but. Um, it's just so strange how with the you know two teams that make a trade that are in different conferences that they're already having their revenge game or their return game uh, basically a week after the trade.
0: I'm a little disappointed in you because you said he said after the game that He's young, so he can be good to go tomorrow. Right. And I'm disappointed you didn't follow up and say I
1: thought you didn't believe in age. Oh man, yeah. See, that shows that I'm tired (laughs) after this game. But that's uh, that is funny. That was the best quote of practice yesterday when he was talking about making his return. So yeah,
0: I don't believe. I don't really. I don't really believe in age. So he kind, he kind
1: of believes in age. Maybe this is the one instance where he does when he has to recover quickly after playing. How many minutes did he go? He went 42 minutes. And has to get on an airplane, and I'm sure just the last few days for him have been insane. So we'll we'll see how much he's able to go tomorrow.
0: He hasn't even gone to Phoenix yet.
1: He has not gone to Phoenix yet. Yeah, much like you know, Trevor Ariza was on the road. I guess he came to D.C. to do his physical, but yeah, we have not been uh, we have not been in Phoenix all week. So he has not doesn't even he's not seen the sunshine from from there. So
0: yeah. Anything else before we wrap up?
1: Oh, man, I feel like, and I don't know how much your listeners here will care about this, but I feel like every time that we cover a game together, like, total insanity breaks out, because some yeah. of those Nuggets, Thunder, so yeah. for people who don't know, Fred, obviously, you know, used to cover the, uh, the the Thunder for the Norman transcripts, I used to cover the Denver Nuggets for the Denver Post. And, man, those two teams played some insane games last season. So I feel like doing a podcast, you know, not quite as late as normal, but uh, doing a podcast at midnight after an overtime thriller with crazy stats and all kinds of nonsense, um, this has kind of become the theme. So I guess we should be ready for that in March.
0: That's true. That that Thunder-Denver game in Denver last year. Yeah. With the Gary Harris game winner,
1: yes, exactly,
0: is one of the best regular season games I've ever covered. Today.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, that was crazy because it was that. Didn't Paul George go off for fifty? So I think I think Jokic had a triple. Yeah. Nicole Jokic had a triple double. Um,
0: Jamal Jamal Murray had that crossover yeah. on Steven Adams. <laughs> yeah, and didn't
1: and someone was it Adams like there were there were just all these things and that was sort of the whole thing I think Russ had a
0: triple-double or
1: somebody had 20 was it did he have 20 assists or 20 rebounds or something I don't know there was all kinds of did Russ go
0: twenty twenty that game possibly something
1: like that but it was so no I just like I said it's become the theme that when we cover a game the same game that we're you know something crazy is going to break out. So be prepared for whenever I don't even know when the Wizards come to Phoenix, but March. When, okay, so be everyone be prepared for March. Like block out your schedule on that day because some sort of crazy regular season game between two bad, two average teams is going to is going to break out.
0: <laughs> uh, on that note, tell uh, my listeners where they can find all your work.
1: Yeah, so I you can go to theathletic.com, dot which is a pretty cool place to read sports media that I hope you already subscribe to but uh, if you go to the Stuns tab all of my work is there my colleague Bob Young his work is there as well and my Twitter handle is just my first and last name at Gina Mizell G-I-N-A-M-I-Z-E-L-L, G-I-N-A-M-I-Z-E-L-L.
0: Alright and uh Subscribe to The Athletic. Please. Even even if you please hate me. If you hate me I have no idea what you're doing being like twenty six minutes into this podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> even if you do just hate me and you're like weirdly masochistic so you're listening to this Mm -hmm. actually if you hate me and you're weirdly masochistic so you're listening to this you might even want to read my stuff there you go but subscribe to the athletic because there's so many awesome journalists there it's like so awesome being a part of this and so many great stories and gina's done amazing work with the Suns, and so many other people have been like so good not just nba like before i started working for the athletic i'm a huge baseball fan before Mm -hmm. i started working for the athletic Mm -hmm. i signed up because the yankee coverage is amazing yeah like the yankee coverage there is incredible and so like just other sports too it's it's great so sign up for that subscribe to wizards after dark because my god that podcast is just (laughs) unbelievable even though that host is annoying as hell uh five stars is always wonderful Mm -hmm. on itunes a really nice review Mm -hmm. is always really nice for me too uh i'll be back tomorrow night this podcast is going to have a very short shelf life because (laughs) They play in, so, God, they play in 17 hours. They play in 17 hours uh, in Indianapolis. I will be there. I have a flight in about eight hours, and I'm pulling an all-nighter because I got a big story that I got to work on and got to write. Uh, so, this is not going to be a fun night for me. My story from Indianapolis might be dog crap, but, well, you know.
1: Yeah, you gotta, well, we, we all, uh, again, we, we just watched all those players uh, uh, play all those minutes, and physically give themselves over to their job. So now you need to mentally give yourself over to the job. So I hope you're going to be highly caffeinated. And, yeah, I'm on a 6 a.m. flight to, uh, to New York City, which you've already chastised me for not taking the train, Terrible even move. though it was cheaper to do a flight for some reason. I don't know why, but I, I will, I'll learn someday. I'll learn how the East Coast works someday.
0: Awful move. Terrible move. I, I genuinely judge you. Awful. <laughs> it fair. Awful. Um, I'll be back tomorrow night. As of now, I'm supposed to have a guest. Don't see why I wouldn't have a guest. We'll be back tomorrow night with a guest, and uh, I'll talk to you guys then.